keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everyone, to Wrestle Roasts. I'm your host, Robert Karpolis, and I am joined on this festive Christmas edition by Scott Chaplin. Scott, how are you? I'm feeling great. How are you feeling? Dude, it's uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And, and it I, feels I, that way. It feels that way. Usually, you that- get to ignore wrestling during this time of year. It's like, oh, sweet. Nothing's happening. There'll be like random appearances by guys that were never actually famous in the first place. Little nostalgia moment. And then Santa Claus. But this year, Ooh. you're tuning into everything because something meant. Dude, after, after, even after every AEW Dynamite taping, wait one hour and then go on Twitter and people will go, hey, at the very least, you should check out this one Rampage match. Let alone That's- the fact that we're actually watching Raw from 8 to 11. I mean, no wonder, you know, everyone just started Christmas shopping tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's it's nice because every every promotion essentially at this point right now has something to hang their hat on in, in a good way, something to go out of your way to go watch. And WWE stopped. They haven't had a live show since last week, you know, last week, last Monday. Uh, they already taped. This week's episode of NXT was taped. This week's episode of SmackDown was taped. Raw on Monday. It's Christmas Day. I think they're doing a best of. So we're not getting a new WWE show until like next week's SmackDown. They gave their guys a lot of time off, which is nice. Uh, AEW, unfortunately, didn't. And we'll we'll get to that show uh, in a a little bit. But, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff going on across the board right now at the end of the year. Well, wait, that's an interesting point, right? Because my whole life, an issue people had with, uh, let's call it Vince now. It's not WWE. It was Vince, it turns out. Um, A problem with Vince was, why are you making guys work on the holidays? Why are, I mean, it it was such a a, a shitty situation where even tribute to the troops, they were traveling overseas, right, during the holidays or the holiday season and whatnot. Um, Now, it seems like Triple H is legit, right? You are right, given two Two weeks off, it seems like. They're giving him a lot of time off, but part of it, why I'm not super like, oh, man, this is the greatest thing ever is because I remember even when I was there and they did like tribute to the troops a little early, the production folks are still working. They're still there putting together all the best dub shows that are taking the place of whatever was supposed to be aired. I think the advantage of NXT being taped early, SmackDown being taped early, is those are already in the can, they're done. So I'm hoping that the production folks uh, are are taking the time off. They've already put together the best of. But I remember being there, and you used to have to work Christmas. One of the my all-time favorite memories is at WWE, like the day before Christmas was Uzo Day. Have you ever had Uzo? No, no. Uzo is this 
Greek liquor that uh, George Germanakis used to bring in. So you're too young to remember this. There used to be these sketches with these guys, George and Adam, where it was like a like a fat guy with a goatee and like a scrawny guy with red hair, and they were like fans. And WWE used to use them for a bunch of vignettes and stuff. No uh, Adam, I've never Adam, seen that. They were early '90s, mid '90s. Uh, if you go and look them up, but they both worked in the in the office. Adam Panucci was one of the guys who cut a lot of the raw video vignettes, like all the stuff you would see at the opening of Raw. That he was he's awesome at what he did. But George, being this proud Greek guy, would bring it started. He would bring a bottle of Uzo around, and everybody would start taking shots. And then it just grew and grew into this thing where they bring in like fifty bottles of Uzo and massive amounts of food and that last day everybody is just drinking the whole day in the office they're eating it's a fucking blast it was great because at the production studio there's a you and from any phone this is a failing on their part from any phone you can page the entire building so you can you know page like hey i know you know like my boss steve finkelstein i'd be like, like a you know, walmart like a Walmart, you'd be like, Steve, call, <laughs> Steve, call one, two, three, four, whatever my extension is. And on Uzo Day, when everyone's drunk and they have the ability to ping the entire company, it just goes off the rails. Like the What's Up Budweiser commercial? Pretty much. Uh, one year, not the year I was here, but one year, Vince showed up, like kicked open the door and is like, what the hell's going on here? As if he didn't know what was going on. And it was like part of the rib. Like he freaked everybody out thinking that they were all about to get fired. Uh, but he was he was in on the joke. And it's just it's a it was a really fun time when you're there to kind of just kind of relax and and drink and and have a good time. So I haven't thought about that in a while. That was a, that was a good memory. I'm glad we glad we went down that path uh, before we just start burying all the shitty stuff that happens in wrestling. Well, you know what I was I was thinking about, like the veterans and how there's two ways to look at it. Right. Because they didn't get that have have this time off like these newer guys have. They can be like mad about it because, yeah, that was a shitty situation and probably never should have happened. Or is the company so big because these guys did kill themselves for so many years? And now off of the the backs of everybody who ever worked in that company, uh, people get to have time off. And shit. It, it, it's almost like if you look at it like taking care of your kids, you know, you go, damn, everybody did really good by everybody in this company. Yeah, it's a global. If it, if it wasn't the biggest thing in the, you know, this is like a massive company, and, and that's the other thing to defend AEW. Um, do they maybe need to be doing holiday shows like they are? Because again, they're not WWE. Like they don't get to relax and enjoy the fruits of their labor. So part of it is a, is the way the calendar came out. It just so happened, you know, AEW did their show yesterday. I don't know if they taped Ramp uh, Collision or if Collision is going to be live on Saturday. I don't. I don't know. I haven't done. I. I don't know if it's gonna be. I don't know if it's gonna be live or not. But the reason why the old timers always used to have to work Christmas time is that was when you made your money. Like touring, thanks, running a show Thanksgiving, running a show Christmas drew huge audiences, and they are running after Christmas the Madison Square Garden show. But wrestlers do not get paid off the house as much as they used to. So there's not this need to be like, look, I got, I can make my year if I'm working Christmas time. Sorry, kids. You know, we'll celebrate Christmas in like early January. I know when I worked in the NHL, we had games Christmas and New Year's. So I was working, granted, as a Jew, whatever. So I missed out on my Chinese food. It's cool. But now WWE can be a little bit more flexible. 
and not be upsetting USA or UPN or wherever the hell network they're on at the time that they're airing. AEW ran a show last night. That's fine. I don't know if Collision is is live or not on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I'm looking that up right now. No, Scott's doing his uh, his homework. I will do my my homework here. Uh, if you are if you are not uh, a Patreon member, here is a great reason to become a Patreon member next Thursday. I'm gonna get this date right, December twenty eighth, twenty twenty three, will be the annual Wrestle Roast Holiday End of Year Spectacular Extravaganza. Uh, Scott and I are going to be joined by the the returning Dan St. Germain. Dan's going to be available for it. I believe Mike is on the road with Pete Davidson, so he might not be able to, to hop on. If he can tape something, he will. Uh, but we will be doing a live holiday show. We do it every year. And if you are a Patreon fan, you're able to attend the live recording. We do it on a live Zoom. It's a blast. It's a hell of a lot of fun. We had like I want to say like 90 people last year show up live for it, which was great. Uh, and then we record it and release it as a, as a regular episode, but it is always a good time. Uh, it's going to be our, our end of the year wrap up. That'll be December 28th. So if you are not yet a Patreon subscriber at the $5 tier or the $10 tier, now is the time to do it. We'll post something on the Facebook group and you'll send your information to Zach and Zach will compile it because Scott and I are really fucking dumb when it comes to technology. As Scott it, is can't. still trying to Google something three minutes. Yeah, later. it's uh, hey, it's gonna be live. So yeah, oh. December twenty third, it's live in Texas. Yeah, San Antonio. Okay, well, then uh, you know, won't be a problem for MJF, but I don't know how it'll be for the rest of the people. Um, we'll see. It's that, that kind of sucks yeah, for some of young. the. They don't have you know. It'll be fun. yeah, but I feel bad for the production folks that it's like oh, you're yeah. you're you gotta you're on the road and then you gotta try to fly home to get back for Christmas Eve. And I know that there's apparently snowstorms moving throughout the country that that weekend. Oh, I'm, shit. I'm in Florida. We don't have real weather. It's 72 degrees outside, right? I, I could go to the beach. On, in fact, I am going to the beach the day after Christmas. I'm going to South Beach. So uh, that's, really, that's, really I festive. Think that's a sin. Dude, we as a, as a Jew, I got I got nothing. I'm not like uh, AK or it's just like um, in and out. Um, one of my best friends is coming down and he's like, I'm staying in South beach. Why don't you, you know, why don't you and the wife come down for a day and we'll do lunch. So we're doing that on the 26th for boxing day. That'll be, that'll be fun. But, uh, look, we're not, we're not devout. Like, like, uh, Hulk Hogan, which yeah, I saw that. that's the best story of the week, guys. It was Hulk the best Hogan. day of his life, right? So Hogan like flashback about a month ago, Nick Hogan, who once in a while when we've done roasts have made occasional jokes about the fact that, you know, he basically killed a guy in a DUI situation. Um, well, even was, more than that, like him and his father on, on rec jail recordings, like showed no remorse and basically were like, man, he, he really fucked this up for us, even though it was Nick driving, you know, it was really demented. Yeah. A guy who's made his entire life cutting promos should know that recorded conversations are not uh, not going to go your way. Like Hogan is 0 for 2 in terms of private recordings as far as we're concerned. But his his son was drinking with with him at his restaurant, his Hogan Beach, like a month like after a bikini contest and then gets another DUI. 
And the way that Hulk is choosing to commemorate this is by getting baptized by his new wife. And man, if this works, holy shit, is there going to be a, a lot of wrestlers lining up for for bap- for getting baptized and, and washing away those sins? Yeah, this is really going to put uh, HBK's born againness to the test. Oh, I already, I already asked uh, Nick Hausman, my uh, rumor and innuendo co-host, because he he gets to go to the press conferences that we don't get invited to because nobody likes us because we make fun of everybody. But he's going to be on the Shawn Michaels press conference for New New Year's Day NXT show, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, and I'm like, your one question needs to be, what do you think of Hogan getting baptized? Oh, I love that. If there's one thing that could snap Shawn Michaels' eyes back in place, it's hearing that. <laughs> He'll see the light. Yeah, this dude, uh, Hogan, it just it's boundless, the gifts that he gives to us. But uh, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of just crazy ass wrestling stories going on. I think one of my favorite ones, I don't know if you saw what happened. You know, the Slim Jim car. Uh, A bit. So they had it at like one of a couple of the PLEs, like L.A. Knight pulled up driving in it, Kofi and all them. Uh, it got stolen from a WWE event. No, it, it, it's it's legit missing. There's a press release out for it. Somebody stole the the Slim Jim branded car from a WWE event. How do you not find that almost immediately? You would think that that's got to stand out. Must they must have loaded it in a truck? But who like who's out there? Like I'm gonna risk going to prison. Because I really want the the Slim Jim branded like race car. Yeah, that's that's odd. That's a special kind of 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 dumb. Yeah, um, that seems like an alien situation. It's it's gotta be like I just I can't fathom it. And then someone thought maybe it was like a like a PR stunt, but in their press release, they're like, if you have information, call the LAPD. Dude, and but you're, if, you're not doing that if it's if no, it's that a, is true. But that would be very funny if if WWE has gotten that good at, at storytelling that one of the gimmicks is who stole the Slim Jim truck. It could work, except you literally. That's how you use. Involved. That's how you use uh, promotional stuff. You don't force uncomfortable matches. You just accuse guys of eating the products that you're trying to sell. Well, then it's probably Otis. That is awesome. Yeah, that's uh, that's rough, but it's wacky. What's what's also kind of wacky is so MJF. I love MJF. I will never say a bad word about Max on this or any show ever because I am a hundred percent in the bag, full time Homer when it comes to him. But he was on the Sports Illustrated podcast this week and said that he has still not yet signed with AEW. And as much as I love the bidding war of 2024, um, and as much as I love the, the, the narrative and story behind it, like there's no way he hasn't signed a contract with AEW. They're not putting this guy on TV as their champion at the focal point of this devil storyline, if they haven't signed a deal with him, like they had to have learned from Cody, right? You you would really hope, but at the same time, we keep forgetting he's hurt, like legit hurt. It's not just Adam Cole who is hurt. MJF, who's there every week walking around, is injured, 
And this Samoa Joe match, we don't know what that even is going to look like. Like, I haven't even considered that he's injured until I think yesterday I texted you guys like, yeah, wait, what? So he's going to definitely be gone for a few months. So, I mean, like, look, maybe why tell anybody you signed anywhere if you're not going to be on TV anyway, probably until like March, like, let's say March. Yeah. Why not just disappear for a little bit? And then when you come back, you have that little element too. Oh, he did choose us, even though. It is it's, obviously clear, but he's not in the all-in posters, so there is intention. There's I've like been saying for a while he's been he's not been part of the advertising. Look, it wouldn't shock me if he loses to Joe, he disappears for a little bit, and then he pops back up, and it's like, hey, surprise! I really did resign, but he's still going out there with a straight face and saying, you know, I haven't I haven't signed anything yet. WWE has said, no, he absolutely has signed with AEW. We're not talking to him. We'd love to sign him, but, you know, he's definitely locked up somewhere. But it's goofy and it's weird because he's trying so hard to keep kayfabe on this. But, like, AEW is fighting for its life right now. That's not even, like, a hyperbole at this point. Warner Discovery is going to be making a decision in the next couple months if they're going to keep AEW programming on TNT and TBS. So you got to put like everything you got out there and and be like this is th- these are all the stars we have, these are all the stories we have, this is all the stuff we're going to do and not having Max on there when he's kind of one of your biggest stars and I don't know so, okay, so do, because of that, because this is like, if, if what you're saying is true, and now this is like an urgent thing, does Tony stay the course, continue paying MJF this contract he has? He already signed Osprey, and all right, let's focus on everybody. Or do you start throwing money because there's no way you will make money if you don't start throwing money because he is in pandemonium? I'm talking about like the Okadas and the Sashas, or is that just hopeless? So... I don't think he has a shot with Okada or or Sasha at this point. I think Okada on top of wanting to, you know, get paid by a company, I think the the WWE can offer him something that AEW can't in terms of exposure and schedule. And I'm sure he's talking to AJ and I'm sure he's talking to Nakamura who are saying like, "Look, dude, we're going to give you a a much easier schedule than, than what you're going to be dealing with in AEW. Like you're not going to have to go out here and have 25, 30 minute matches every week. Like you'll just do the bullshit we do with our guys as it is. You're going to get paid for a year and you'll get to do a WrestleMania and you'll get to be part of the video game and the merchandise licensing and all that other shit. Sure. Well, yeah, I think, you know, the only hang up on Okada is he is new Japan. And so unless new Japan is aware that they will be like, joining forces with these companies they're now doing business with in Japan. And they're going to have like a new unlimited Japanese roster. How can you lose Okada? And that's where I think you have the panic of new Japan and the panic of Tony Khan and that relationship, like just coming up with desperate money together to possibly work out a deal. Um, But but, but do you want want to split? But do you want literally to sign Okada and have him on a split deal where exactly, he's bouncing exactly. between AW and, and, and New Japan? I mean, and then just look, just also just realistically, 
Um, it's Shinsuke versus Cody at the Royal Rumble, right? Probably, yeah. If they don't mess that up and Shinsuke looks strong in that loss, like really strong, Okada versus Shinsuke at WrestleMania, is uh, it makes Okada more famous uh, than he obviously is right now and more famous than anything he could do in AEW in the next three years. I think Okada's That's got a lot a match of Shinsuke yeah. at this year's WrestleMania. And Dude, they he's get got matches. What they do. You could do Okada Shinsuke. I mean, I don't know if you saw what AJ looks like now, but Oh dude, yeah, it's crazy. He's like he's like jack to the nines. It's unnatural. I think an AJ Okada match would be a hell of a lot of fun. I just think there's a lot of opportunities for him in WWE. And he doesn't have to go fly back and forth to Japan and go have to go work New Japan shows. Uh, As far as Sasha or or whatever, Mercedes Monet, whatever she's called, I know she's asking for supposedly more money than what Charlotte just got in her new contract. Pay her. (laughs) She's a big name. Pay her. Bring her back in the fold. She's she's not going to get that money elsewhere. I don't know that AEW is going to pay the uh, an insane amount of money for a female talent right now. No, I, 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 I like Sasha a lot, but it is fun. I mean, she gets hurt a lot, and I guess Charlotte does too. So shit. I, I was gonna say yeah, to, that was the next thing. I was Charlotte, go it's to, like yeah. the biggest women's contract ever, or something, right? And like longest women's contract. Yeah, but that's because she's like Vince used to view her as the female Undertaker. Like she is just, um. You know, she's just a franchise for them. She's somebody that you build on. I'm not the biggest Charlotte fan of the women that they have on the roster. I think there's others that are more valuable, but I get why you want to lock her down. So lock her down, bring in uh, Sasha. You have Bailey available. Like you can, you can do your four horsewomen story. You've got a lot of fun matches with all of them coming up. I say, you know, spend the money and, and get her while you can. I don't think she wants to go to AEW, and I don't think that her time that she did in New Japan did her a ton of favors. No, it didn't do much of anything, unfortunately. Plus, wasn't she, she working with... She got to with, say she did it. She did, but wasn't she working with Kyrie anyway? Um, I think, like, once. I think she did I mean, something with Kyrie. She at worked, some like, point. three times, right? Three or four times. It wasn't she a lot. Willow. I mean, Willow beat her, yeah. and how are they not riding that wave? I mean, that should be part of it is that she beat Sasha, but I guess Tony was, he probably knew what was coming. Dude, he, he doesn't capitalize on certain wins and things that happen elsewhere. When sometimes they go all in on showing footage, like you didn't have to bring up that Takeshita lost to Jericho at like a DDT show or whatever it was. And yet they did. They showed it on AEW TV. I'm like, why? Why weaken a guy who you're clearly positioning as one of your future stars and be like, oh yeah, yeah he, I, he I mean, lost. And 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 that was maybe, it was definitely my favorite. That and the Osprey match were like Jericho's best matches this year. Yeah. Um, and Takeshita is great. I like acknowledging outside things, but I didn't like that he... He lost it uh, yeah. in DDT. I also don't like that I haven't seen anybody in the Don Callis family in a while. I mean, okay, so we'll get into AEW results. But before that, like, because it is kind of we're talking about going into the new year, and we'll do even more of that later. There is still 
some really cool shit if you look at like who the top guys are going to be next year in AEW. The top oh, yeah. five guys are not the top five guys now, probably. And it's if he does it right, it's at the very least exciting and it seems deserved for a lot of the guys. Look, the thing is, sure. is that AEW, their consistent habitual fuck ups of the last few months are going to hopefully make AEW a much better company. By that, I mean the Bucks are pretty much they're 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 on their sabbatical. They're not on TV. They were not contributing anything while they've been there over, over the last several months. They are they're more of a hindrance than they are a benefit because of all the backstage issues that have gone on with those guys. So they're out. Punk, as much as I love Punk, and I think what he's doing in WWE is awesome. Him and AEW was going to be a, a bit of a weird distraction. So him not being there, okay. Kenny being out indefinitely and being banged up, I'd rather have Kenny healed up and come back 100% than get whatever the hell we had on TV a week ago with the the diverticulitis uh, affecting his brain, I guess, to explain that promo. Like, I don't know if it just ate into his skull, but holy shit. But yeah, getting behind Swerve, getting behind Max. I love Kyle Fletcher. I think that dude's fantastic. Uh, having Osprey you've you've just got a lot i mean a lot of the talent that's there if they get the time to put it together are gonna get over and they're gonna be great dude yeah uh swerve osprey a a returning now with like frozen powers darby allen no from I don't now need, i don't i don't need darby i don't need darby oh, we need I don't need I don't need Darby. That, I don't need Sammy Guevara. I don't need Jungle Boy. I don't need three of the four pillars. Oh, I, hey, look, I do not. I do not. I agree. I, I honest to goodness, I, we do not need Jungle Boy. I think I did like his in ring work, but I think we all rooted for him because he looked young. He was young and he was green. And there is something exciting about someone who's like pulling very impressive matches uh, when they're green. But then you look at the matches, you go, was it because it was versus Omega or versus this guy or versus that guy? I don't know. But um, but it's been a few years now, and even obviously before the punk thing, it just wasn't hitting for like the last year, you yeah. know. Uh, so yeah, I can obviously do without him. I I do think Sammy lacks something too. But bro, Darby is. Anytime he he comes around, it's like oh, this is great television. I don't know. I never complain about Darby TV. I'm always worried Darby's going to kill himself on TV by accident. Like when he takes some of these bumps in his back, like bend, like the back of his head should not touch the back of his ankle. Yeah. It just no, looks rough. Um, I'd rather see instead of jungle boy, I'd rather see hook in that spot. I think hook is a guy you can build on for the future. Maybe. I think he's a really good talent. I love the dudes in, in house of black. They're just so woefully underused, but buddy and, and Brody and, Malachi are just they're awesome. They're yeah, total Brody's packages been great in, the, in the tournament. Brody looks like he's been doing great in the tournament. Yeah. And again, I mean, let's not forget, I guess because Juice is hurt, right? But um, yeah. but Bullet Club Gold was working. Or at the very least, they were funny. Yeah. And now, it, and at, now the, at the very least, they were they were finding something. Yeah, the, that... the, the MJF storyline was just too long, but they were fun on TV. And so you have like personalities that might be able to do some good shit. That's why I just want to see everybody get out of their own way and tell compelling, strong stories for the next year. And like I said, some of these guys being being sidelined 
do you really this is weird to say like do you really need Jericho? Is I he know, more of a I know. hindrance I think, than I mean, help? I think last night proved that uh we didn't even need him explaining what was going on with Kenny. And when he said, like, don't worry, you'll see the the golden jets again or whatever. Um, nobody wants that. So that's yeah. another thing. It's like, yeah, no, just please let him be away for a while and come back healthy. Uh, and never acknowledge that that was something because it stunk. It just stunk. But like, here's where it's like, do you really miss any of the JAS? No, 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 no. They can. I mean, I get Danny Garcia's got the story going on with uh, Eddie Kingston from the tournament, where it's like, hey, he's earning respect for what he's doing in the ring. But outside of that, I, I don't need the rest of the guys. There's, I feel like there's just so much kind of. It sucks that there's there's just a lot of dead weight in AEW. They need to be nimbler and more focused on a smaller roster. I don't know that I need best friends hanging out around there. No, you can't get rid of the best friends. They're too good. And you got to remember, there's still Rampage and stuff. So, like, the... Um... Tony doesn't remember there's Rampage. Why would I remember there's Rampage? <laughs> yeah, but I, I think a lot, you know, even the, the the Jericho Appreciation Society type, like, that's all very Rampage, and it, it works for me. But, yeah, there are things on Rampage that I go, well, bring that to Dynamite, please. Bring it to Dynamite, or it's like, where's where the fuck are the acclaimed? I don't know what's I haven't going on seen, I haven't yeah, seen those dudes. And then... And then they kind of dropped the MJF thing, I think, on Collision, like, last week, where it was just like, you need to get over him. And he was like, yeah. Like, it was just something so empty. That's weird. It, it's strange because when you look at what WWE is doing right now, good, bad, or indifferent, everybody's kind of got a thing. Like, even, like, a guy like Tazawa has a storyline going on. Like, there's a reason why he exists. There's a lot of people in AEW who don't really have a purpose, and they should have a purpose because they have the talent, they have the ability, and they have the skill. There's just too much to focus on. We're we're getting there. We're we're getting there, but until I see Keith Lee on TV for real, I ain't gonna believe it. Um, yeah, but also like, I mean, wasn't Keith Lee unhealthy for like a lot of this? And I don't mean like no. in our no, he was just fine. He was just sitting backstage. Oh, geez, why? He was just sitting, I don't know, he was just sitting there just fucking like, I'm here, let's oh, do something. Sick man. Swerve was sitting around doing nothing for a long time. I think Keith should just uh, align with Swerve, and not in like a, they're best buds. I just don't want to see that feud, because I think um, it doesn't need to happen. I think you need to actually build Keith more before you make him fight Swerve, because Swerve is on a roll. Um, and so... Just let them be cool with each other and let Keith be like a heel because he's a fucking monster. Because that like very nice like I hello how is everybody it's like that shit's a bomb. That's another reason uh, we don't want to see it because every time he does cut a promo, it's like, what is this dog shit? It's like some comic con. Um, it's like LARPing. I can't explain it. It's like, are we playing Dungeons and Dragons? What? Why are you speaking like this? It's it's weird. It's also weird that. They invest time and stuff, and then that stuff just vanishes for weeks at a time. Like Sting, his last match is coming up. They they talk about it. I don't see Sting on TV. I haven't seen Sting on TV in weeks. Uh, Christian's been off for two weeks after they had that weird, goofy thing with Nick Wayne's mom. And then we just don't see him. Like, 
there's no him. Yeah. There's no Adam Copeland. So when you, you try think, you to think get, some of that might be these guys are getting colds because I had a cold the last two weeks. Uh, yeah, that's possibly what it is. They got this. I'm just thinking that because you said Sting and Ric Flair, and I just picture Ric Flair having a runny nose, giving Sting a hug before their promo two weeks ago. Oh yeah, no. St- I saw there was like uh, some kind of like crazy something or other going on, like in Africa. And I'm like, I could, I could be Flair. Like some like deadly some virus is going around over there. I'm like, I can see that just being nature boy. Um, it's, it's like, just don't kill Conrad. We need Conrad for, for the ad free shows network. So Rick stay away from, from, from Conrad Thompson, but yeah, we'll, we'll say like AEW has stuff they should be excited about and focused on. And it's unfortunate that all the attention is to the negatives that are going on in the company and not the positives. And I think one of those negatives that will kind of be a positive is no Kenny Omega for a while. I'm hoping that he gets better, but he's been so unfocused on TV that Don Callis feud with him was, I mean, you could admit it was kind of goofy. Well, yeah. It, I mean, not only was it goofy, it's just, they didn't do it weekly. Um, Kenny was barely on TV this year, right? The matches were great, but yeah. actually on television, it, it it didn't feel like often. I know he was backstage a lot, but uh, yeah, when you do that, I think it just it misses. And I think a good thing about him being away and uh, one is he's getting healthy. He wasn't healthy, and now he's yeah. going to get healthy. Is um instead of going, why isn't he on TV? Why isn't he wrestling? We know why. It's like oh, he's sick. He's healing. Uh, there's no more questions around Kenny Omega. You know. Um, and maybe there should have been more transparency. It seems like this whole year he was on some level fucked up. Like even the fact that he was like, oh, I thought it was the hernia. Well, I thought you got all these things fixed. So why did you think it was the thing you got fixed? Um, and it's probably because I, some of these injuries are just things you don't fix. And so you just wait and you say, yeah, I guess I will come back because what are you going to not come back? And so I think it's like, dude, I was thinking about this. All, it's probably my low spot. It's, um, you know, someone like Kenny, when, you know, the last few years we have been talking about how much healthier these young guys are than the older generation and how their bodies are lasting longer. And we kind of, we heard the the Jerichos telling Ospreys in the past, like, hey, you're going to end up like Dynamite Kid. And we go, no, but they're, they're actually healthier and they're more agile and they work out more and they, they don't do uh, drugs to compensate for their injuries. And it's like, yeah, it still doesn't matter. They're landing on their necks. And, yeah. And I'm the one who fights that because I, I like watching guys uh, who, who if they feel confident in landing on their necks, I think they should be allowed to. And so I'm never going to stop him from doing that. But I also have to realize, oh, man, I might only get two Kenny Omega matches a year now because he has given me such unbelievable performances the last – God, I've been watching him for like eight years, seven years. Um, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm worried about Osprey. It's like, just like, oh, that's what happens. He's 40, and we got to watch the best wrestler in the world. Oh, it turns out he was the best wrestler because he went there, and now we're seeing the, the results of going there. Yeah, but like I said, I'm worried about with Osprey, him being on TV every week in AEW. I just, I hope he doesn't get hurt because he's trying to go out there and, and prove himself, and I don't want to see him on the shelf. There are guys who have these long extended careers. The average age in the WWE is like mid to late thirties. So those guys are learning how to protect their bodies really well. It's why I said Okada may fit in well 
in the WWE to get more longevity. Rey Mysterio just signed a new three-year contract, and he's still delivering in the ring at the same level he was like 10 years ago, which is insane. And in the last year, he got over Dominic, he got over the LWO, he got over Santos Escobar, and he got over Dragon Lee. Like they know how to like he was no they knew how to use him. Jericho. But with him, there was also like an acknowledgement of surgery, time off, yes. an obvious change in his body. Like, you know, when I, I, I think guys don't realize that when they start getting hurt, it's also a sign of like, even if you do have mass and you look awesome, you need to lose weight. So when you come back and you've gained a little weight or you're still the same weight, there's that concern of like, oh, you might still hurt yourself because like, I mean, Ray got much smaller. And what I mean by that is Ray is still obviously jacked, but there was like a few years where Ray sucked in the ring. Yeah, he was, he was thick. And Ray was getting hurt every time he entered the ring because he was like a heavy set dude. For how tiny he is. Yes. He you yeah. could you could see it with him and he's definitely trimmed up a little bit, which is which is helpful. And I'm glad that he's gonna be around for another couple of years. Just selfishly, I like seeing him on TV. Um something I saw on TV last night when we recorded this was AEW Dynamite. So we'll do Dynamite or Dud right now. Uh the the tournament of math that you know I hate the numbers on this, uh, but it's oh, I love it, done. and they and it worked out, do. didn't it? It did. It worked out. I will admit that the it, eventually it did work out, but it, it led to some weird goofiness. But we got Swerve and Roosh, which was, as Scott would say, dope. Yeah, it was. I loved it. Um, I've become a fan of Roosh over the tournament. I, I think I've I've said that. Another guy that, again, I don't see him as your top five, but holy shit that that he's one of your top ten guys. If he has a purpose, which is like, yeah. again, letting that swerve loss get to him, shit like that, you know? I know. Here's another thing that sucks about this tournament, and part of the reason you go like, oh, wow, I do like this guy now, is you forget that the tournament was no outside interference. And now these guys go got to go back to their groups of five that they're in, and we don't like any of the guys they hang out with. You know, right. So Roosh is going back to this Los Ingobernables group and uh, we don't care too much about them. Correct. Or at least that one guy that the white dude. Why is he there? The white oh, dude. Uh, uh, go. Get him out of there. Preston Vance. Why? Dude, go. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, I guess because they, they needed to like rescue him because he was the only guy in the Dark Order who would look yeah. like he would be a legitimate wrestler. Yeah, but again, he could do anything else. It doesn't make sense he's in that group. It's it's a little goofy. It's it's a little weird. But yeah, to your point, yeah, he's separated from those from the, the rest of the group. It feels like he has some degree of a purpose, which is kind of fun. But I don't love how much of a babyface this feud has this this tournament has made Swerve just because he was such a killer heel with that hangman stuff. The, the the breaking into the house, the all the stuff with the blood, the intensity. I'm like, oh, Swerve's gonna be your Swerve's gonna be your top heel. And then the crowd's just like, oh shit, this guy's amazing. He's like the next Shawn Michaels. We want to cheer him. <laughs> and now you're stuck in this position of, oh yeah, the guy who like threatens babies is a, a, a super happy baby face. Sure, but I and well, we'll get to that. Yeah, uh, because there is a promo with him, and then I'll we'll get, get to, to what the I promo think happens with him. Yeah, 
we get a the Jericho thing that felt like a hostage video. Where he just like it was so uncomfortable. Where he he's because he's standing there with his hands down, and then they 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 signal him. He's like, oh yeah, uh, uh Kenny is uh, out with diverticulitis, and the crowd's like chanting. He's like, I knew I knew they were gonna do that. It was so weird, and there was no payoff to it because it wasn't like he's like Jericho. You know, Kenny's not here, so here's Kota Ibushi. It was just Kenny's not here, and I we'll figure it out. Yeah, I I go like uh, okay. Chris Jericho is obviously one of the best wrestlers ever, right? Yes. And in terms of uh, name, he still technically is the most famous person AEW has ever signed. Um, right? One well, of. yeah, yeah. It's but so. Do you still think? Because I don't want to be harsh on him when we go. He obviously uh, this year I don't think was very good for him. Uh, I thought his initial run in AEW was awesome. I think he's had a few really fun runs in AEW um, over the course of almost five years. This last year has stunk. But are they in a situation where they feel like he does have to be there every week? And now it's like we're hating this thing that they're going, no, no, you don't understand. We actually do need him. Or is it us saying, no, you don't need him. And so stop. So here's the problem. Slight peek behind the curtain. Jericho is one of the guys in Tony's ear every week. So he is never going to suggest, yeah, you should keep me off TV for a couple weeks. Chris is always going to be suggesting, hey, let me be on. Let me do this. Let me do that. I want to be part of the the show. And Tony's not going to say no because Jericho is one of the trusted guys he has. So you just kind of have to live with, we're going to have Jericho for a while. Uh, next up, we got again with Jericho, though, it's just any feud it could change, and that's wrestling, yeah. But I, yeah, I do feel bad. I, I, I don't know why I feel bad because you have like more of a heart. It's because it's Christmas. I blame this all this bullshit with the Christmas, like you're just like you know, Jericho's like, like Cindy Lou Who, and you're like, I don't want to ruin Christmas for you, Jericho. He felt, didn't he feel sad last night? He felt very sad last yeah, night, yeah, man. It was rough. Uh, we got, uh, speaking of sad, Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal, who were both knocked out of the tournament and they still have to go compete. That's that's embarrassing. I'm sorry. That's just like. Look, these, hey, these things, this is the tournament. It, it uh, is. But it's so weird and like a lame duck situation. And they, they the match was good. And they told the story that like these guys go back a long way. They have a past. They have a history. I think Jay Lethal's frustration of not winning is going to pay off with a storyline at some point. But it's hard to care about a tournament match when both guys are already eliminated, but they still have to wrestle in the tournament. Uh, Yeah, I I agree with you. I think, um, although it was nice, you know, now they're they're saying this thing of like, oh, it's Mark, you know, Mark Briscoe said it's his rookie year as a singles guy. Um, he's like kind of that's his like presentation of it and that's a cool way to save it but I think he deserved a few more moments um, in the tournament and yeah Jay Lethal was fine it's just they do have to address the Jarrett thing and I guess this tournament would mean him going hey th- you guys are dumb you know I used to be somebody yes I'm also shocked that Mark Briscoe isn't winning this whole tournament just because if the prize is you win the ring of honor title 
and he is an old school ring of honor guy and he already has the emotional baggage of you know i'm i'm doing this for my brother i'm doing this for my family my legacy that's a dude you get behind and want to see him win and you just didn't tell that story and that is very strange to me uh MJF got inducted into the National Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. There was a nice little video package for that. So, uh, Mazel Tov to to Max. That's uh, that was cool. Then there was a Ward immediately after a Wardlow <laughs> video package where he's talking about good and evil, and he's like, "I'm good, and Max, yeah. you're evil." Odd timing for that package. Am I, am yeah, I right? Amazing. That popped me to no end. Um, Hopefully we get a Wardlow payoff. He's another dude who should be on that list. Him and Hobbs. We were talking about guys before who are not top five now, but should be top five. Yeah, Those you know, I was just, well, Hobbs, Takeshita, and uh, Kyle Fletcher had a hell of a match at the uh, Ring of Honor pay-per-view on Friday. or when I, Yeah, I think it was Friday. Um, and, and he he won the – was it the Ring of Honor – it wasn't the TV. No, I think it was the Ring of Honor TV title, the one that Samoa Joe Kyle Fletcher forfeited. won the Ring of Honor TV title. Yeah, yeah, great match, man. Uh, so the three of those guys are with Callis, and they're so good. And I do still want them to be heels. And I, uh, I, I like their color scheme of red and black. But I do think Callis, uh, it's, again, it's a Jericho thing this year for him. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I would – and again – New Year, just start fresh. Like, have Callis come out with them. Uh, have him talk about how, you know, like, kind of what I said when it's like, I made Kenny Omega great, and, you know, because of that, his body failed, and good. And, you know, like, and these men, they will be great too, and someday their bodies will fail. And, you know, they're all looking at each other like, what the what the fuck do you mean? I like that. And then they just murder him in the ring. You know, like, whatever they have to do where it's like he's acknowledging – where they realize the penny injury is going to be them someday. And so they got to get away from this guy. That's the easiest way to get away from him. But again, he seems like someone who's in Tony's ear and it's like, oh, dog, yeah. you got Don Callis in your ear. Uh, you, you know, we got to get the Q-tips out. I wish AEW had like, it's like would sign a guy like, uh, like Stokely Hathaway. I would, like <laughs> why they can't go. Like, I- I'm sure he's available. Hire him. <laughs> Bring him and have him manage this. Oh, wait, no, he is already there, and he's doing absolutely fucking nothing. I give up. He's like a Ring of Honor uh, GM or something. Is he? He's something in Ring of Honor, I believe. I could be wrong. This is the weird thing about this company. There are certain people who you want to write them off, and when they get a moment, they get themselves over. Like I wouldn't have thought six months ago that Prince Nana – would be as hot a property as he is. And he's a dude that's been around forever and right now is insanely popular. You look at how insanely popular Tony Storm is when they've given her like a little bit of TV time and she just runs with it. How Stokely is still sitting on the sidelines when we know that he is really good is baffling. Uh, Samoa Joe, who's also awesome, and I'm glad that he's getting a chance to be a, a, a top-tier talent, Unfortunately, he's a top-tier talent involved in this devil story. So Joe calls out Max, and he points out what we've all said a hundred times, which is we all get our ass kicked by these these devil guys, and every time you've gotten your ass kicked, we haven't seen any physicality on you. 
So I think you're the devil. Max comes out. They trade barbs back and forth. And then they get surrounded by about 400 people in devil and in, in, in black masks. And Max and Joe fight them all off. And the devil appears on screen. And his evil plan is to make Max defend the Ring of Honor tag tag titles next week. Look, I've said before, this storyline needs to have a really strong payoff or else they're in real trouble. This thing is getting fucking goofy. Well, I think now we've realized it just needs to have the most logical payoff for us to go, okay, and let's move forward with now this. Because um, I don't know if there is a big payoff. And so you just got to go Adam Cole and who, and you know, who his guys, Kyle O'Reilly, dude, even Roderick Strong and those dudes. And like, just make it the obvious as we, we think it's going to be. And then like, let's commit. That's fine. Cause I think it's the only way we don't shit on this thing entirely. Now this segment, I was fine with it when it happened two weeks. Like, no, it happened like a month ago. Yeah. And then didn't they challenge? They said, we're going to have a tag match. And then I was excited for the tag match. I said, oh, now we're going to finally see who two of the guys are. And then the match didn't happen the next week. It's like one of the first times AEW ever advertised a match that then didn't happen. So why are we pretending that didn't already happen? Not only that, I don't like that there's now like 15 guys in, in black masks. When it was but like that's four not 15 people. wrestlers, you know, right? It's like, no, four. I know, but, but there shouldn't be like, they, they, then they turn into like, the 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 putties from Power Rangers. <laughs> well, no, you pay guys or something, you know, like uh, they're just like random henchmen. Yeah, you get you get a bunch of kids hanging out in front of like a like a quick check, you know. That, isn't that what got Pat Patterson fired for a while, recruiting kids to be part <laughs> of fucking programs? Um, I don't know, it's stupid, but whatever. We get the best friends who I already advocated to be fired in the back, and now we're getting Rocky Romero versus Orange Cassidy on Rampage. Yeah, sure. man, that's very rampage worthy, and they're all great. And at any moment, you can use en- literally any of them yeah. for something fun, in my opinion. And you got to remember that Rocky is that like is that New Japan connection. You know, he he was probably still is like New Japan office, right? He's like a new New Japan office guy. Yeah, he's like the he's like the Brandon Cutler of this group. Yeah, yeah. Like they they kind of need him because he does shit. But oh, I love Trent. I'm a big. Trent fan, I feel like oh, he was brother. a missed opportunity for years. Oh, dog. The, when Chris Jericho, that debut video in New Japan when he challenged Omega, that was after a uh, Beretta-Omega match. And it's still like one of my – like when I think back about wrestling, for some reason, pieces of that match pop in my head. Scary world inside your brain. So, uh, <laughs> we get uh, this one. All right. Maybe I'm just time traveling in my own mind. It's Soraya versus Riho. Why did I think Soraya was hurt, and that's why she's been off TV this whole time? Have they just not been uh, using her? Yeah, I think it feels like a not been using her thing. That's that's another thing with like transparency sometimes, where like when you are transparent, now we don't have to think about why you're not using a person, and that's actually better for us. Like we don't judge that anyone's hurt. We go, okay, now let me focus on the roster I know you're working with. Um. I was, but I was fine with this match. But it's fine. But yeah, like, it is. is Soraya really somebody you just put out there and beat? Dude, isn't that why you have like, like red velvet? Yo, but at the same time, it's like, then why put her out there at all? Like, do you put her out there to win too? Because I, I don't know if that's the answer either. And so, but yeah, I'd probably save her for the 
the new year, make her feel like somewhat of a threat. I would have done something more substantial with her than she loses to Riho, who then there's the Tony Storm Mariah May attack after. It's funny to have Tony Storm on commentary, but it's just I I just don't see Soraya as being disposable. And this made her feel very disposable. Literally your most famous um, female on the roster. So the next thing we got, which was Oh, Tony was unreal though uh, on commentary though. She was great. Yeah. Uh, the human duplex machine for Taz oh, was fantastic. Uh, she's she's awesome. Speaking of Tony's, Tony Schiavone reads a statement from Christian. I I don't understand anything about what I watched. It yeah. was Tony reading a Christian statement to say that Christian's gonna like, try, you know, talk about accepting Edge's challenge on what? collision. On collision. Yeah. Why this wasn't like a video that he sent it, especially if he's on vacation. Think of how good it would have been for him to just like cut a dickish heel promo where he's wearing the stupid scarf or not the scarf, the the, the sweater with the turtleneck. And he's like on a beach, but he's still wearing the turtleneck. And he's oh, there with funny. Nick Wayne's yeah. mom in a bathing suit, in yeah. a bathing suit. Like that's what this should have been instead of making Shivani have to read the the statement. Because the crowd wanted to boo, but they also don't want to boo Shivani. Yeah, no, it, it was super unnecessary. Um, but I will say that, like, I think people really do love Christian, obviously. I like Christian yeah. a lot. I, I know people de- debate about the Mama Wayne thing. But, um, you know, part of it is letting that live audience know, like, yeah, he won't be here. Because people, they love him. It's they, weird. They, they, like, you I want to love to hate him. but yeah, They like him way more than Edge, which is funny. Oh yeah, but to be fair, and I love you know you know how much I love Edge. Babyface Edge sucks. It's oh, like dude, a it's lot of guys never worked. Their baby faces, it, it, it is not. Uh, it's not the move. Yeah, Babyface Edge has never really worked. So it shouldn't be surprised it doesn't work here. The next segment. So MJF is in the back, and he finds one of the devil masks outside of the Mogul Embassy locker room. And then he has a confrontation with Swerve. And the idea here, if you're programming this show, is to be like, look at this amazing feud we're going to get down the road. Obviously, Shane is not the devil. We're teeing it up. But holy shit, we're going to be eating well when we see MJF and, and, and Swerve. And the promo back and forth was good until it really went off the rails. And, and Mike was the first one to text about it. Where he's like, so let me get this straight. Max just told us that outside of Swerve's entrance, he doesn't matter. And then Swerve said Max wasn't good enough to cut it in NXT. And I'm supposed to care about these guys. <laughs> I, I get when you want to make things personal and take shots at each other. It's fine. And these are these are two of my favorite people, two of my best friends in wrestling. I want them to do well. Um, you can't denigrate each other in this way. It just it it doesn't work and it really devalues them. And I I hope that they recalibrate going forward. Am I am I being way too harsh about this? Um no, I think it is like and we've talked about it for a while where if the company was like healthy and people weren't saying negative things constantly, constantly, um, maybe we would be looking at it a little differently. But I think when they especially when they say shit like that, it it's like these aren't even like uh, cool pipe bombs because they're not true. 
Like there are things that trolls say that are inaccurate. And so like when you hear them actually said, they don't garner real heat because you realize how insignificant these types of insults are. And it it feels like weird and dirty. And uh, yeah, it makes everybody not look good. Correct. And it's fine if Max is a shitty heel and he's saying stuff that clearly is a lie to a baby face. Yeah. But he's he's kind of your top baby face and Swerve is actually getting over. So let's not derail that. And let's also not continue to bring up William Regal, who doesn't work there anymore. That uh that moment about the wave and the title in front of him though, and I'm not the devil, but I'll I'll bring hell to you. Uh, yes. That was woo. That's my point. There was so much good in it. The whole talking about being obsessed with Hangman and then yeah, Hangman who's great. banished, like you you just like, it just sucks when you're doing really good stuff and then you throw something in there that just kind of ruins it. Next up, we got Roderick Strong versus Commander. <laughs> and the match was good. Commander's uh, a blast. Commander's fun. He doesn't really have a personality other than Ray Phoenix is injured and uh, Bandito is injured. So let's just get Commander. You know, for sure. And I, I think that's like kind of um, unfortunate. I think because you do have such like a legitimate uh, luchador roster. Yeah. You got to start showing us how their personalities are different um, other than just their in-ring work because they are. And to show us that would be like genuine pro- progressive pro wrestling. Like the only dude that I like is Gravity because his gimmick is he just walks yeah, like yeah. he's on the moon. Um, <laughs> then he cuts a promo after Roderick. And I've said this before, he's beaten this thing into the ground to the point where it just, it's genuinely annoying. Yeah, but he's still someone that I think when he reveals his mask, like he's a part of them, right? And that's funny. He's he's not the guy to be standing there and annoying us. But but you have to realize it's because he's next to uh, Taven and, and Bennett. But when he's next to like Adam Cole and two other legit guys, Roddy's gonna fit in. He's gonna be so fun, and so I'm. I, I am. Ex- I need him to be a part of this Devil Group actually, because otherwise, what the? Why is he annoying us? You're right. I don't know. But also, if he's part of the Devil Group, then like I don't. It, uh, I think it's. I, I think what we're actually getting is like, um, is you know, we're combining Taven and those guys with the Undisputed Era. That's what I think we're getting. Uh, uh, Nick Houseman's called it the Undisputed Kingdom, and I there we just, go. I, yeah, don't, yeah. I want none of that. I want none of those guys at all. I don't want to see. I just oh god. Um, main event: John Moxley versus Jay White. There was a dude in the front row who had a sign that said "Spoiler Alert: Moxley's going to bleed," and he didn't bleed. So oh, that a little disappointed. I I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, it was great. I had a lot of fun watching this and it's kind of like, all right, maybe, you know, you can salvage Jay white. No, you for sure can. But I mean, you obviously have to keep him away from the title, which I can away from the title and you got to let him, you know, win. Yeah. We got a, um, Jay white needs a blood feud. He needs like a proper swerve hangman feud. And I, I don't know who that is for him actually. Um, if it's Osprey, that's very interesting. 
but there there is like everybody needs the guy that they you know like like they're the person that they're antagonizing their whole career and i don't think jay has that right now honestly it been omega if he's been healthy you know this this run but what could it, be? maybe it would have been punk? I mean, we got to remember that too. Collision was this place where, like, we probably would have got a punk feud in Jay White already at this point. I mean, honestly, the the guy that it it could be, or 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 should be, is use Darby for that. Hmm. Because Darby can take an ass kicking, and he's going to look small compared to Jay White, so Jay White can look imposing. And I feel like they would probably have some pretty fun matches. Yeah. And the 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 you know bullet club whatever tormenting sting could be kind of interesting too. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's a fact. But yeah, now we have our final for the this is the gold gold version, gold yeah, league. Yeah. Uh is Moxley versus Jay White versus Swerve. And then on the other side, I think it's down to like Andrade, Danielson, Claudio, and Kingston. Uh, or uh, Brody, right? No, is Brody still mathematically in it? Or is he... this is why I'm like this fucking tournament? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I'll know when I watch Collision on Saturday. I'll, I'll know go, when oh, I yeah. don't watch Collision on Saturday, but it's Festivus. I can't be bothered with that shit on Festivus. <laughs> no, but overall, I thought it was a really solid episode. I think um, the reason it's like easy to because it is the end of the year, easy to talk about AEW negatively is some of these storylines have been running since like September and they do need to end. Um, so we're going like, oh, wow, I like this guy. I like this guy. I like this guy. Can't wait for this to be over so we can see what happens in the new year. It's kind of what our recurring criticism, a lot of it is like you have all the pieces to really deliver and make an amazing show. And then they just make some really funky decisions because Tony doesn't want to hire writers. He doesn't want to listen to anybody other than, I guess, like Jericho. And you get these weird hodgepodges. And I know people were were bagging on him for the, the technical fuck-ups throughout the show. I don't know if that was AEW or TBS or whatever it is, but it also highlighted why they need to stop doing that with the devil because you have legitimate production fuck-ups a lot. Don't call attention to it. That's the storyline. Sure. Uh, let's do uh, let's do high spot, low spot here. There's uh, definitely some interesting things to choose from. But what's your what's your high spot, low spot here? <laughs> oh, my high spot is going to be that uh, that Ring of Honor show. I, I had a blast watching the Fletcher match. Um, main event was fun. Just um, I was very bored and sick last Friday, and to to have. It is crazy how lucky we are, like in terms of high spots where, I mean, Saturday I got an, I got to watch an Osprey match um, from Rev Pro, which I really enjoyed. It's uh, the quality of matches you can get just because like, oh, wait, I don't have anything to do tonight. And you're actually tuning into a pay-per-view. Um, it happens every week and it's, it's pretty awesome. My low spot is definitely the Omega in, uh, injury. But yeah. on top of that, I saw this top dollar post um, because, you know, everyone was making fun of that Omega Jericho um, promo last week. Then we find out Kenny was sick and people are a little more lenient on the promo, which part of me thinks the promo was, 
like, you know, there was three other guys in it and they weren't sick. Right. So it's just, I think the promo was just not that great either. No, the, Jericho the had time, temporary diverticulitis. Yeah. 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 But, um, so one, obviously the low spot is like the injury of Kenny, but I saw top dollar make this post. You know how we all make fun of him for that dive he tried to do in WWE like a year or two yeah. ago. And then he made this post that was like, I used to be able to make that jump. And then I tried to that night and it didn't work. And then I went to the doctors and like, he was like approaching diabetes or something. And he had to lose, you know, it like kind of saved his life. Um, oh no, he so, said he was like diabetic, but he had like insanely high blood sugar. Okay. Like it okay, was yeah. like, I know like Jim Ross has talked about it on his podcast cause he has diabetes and he was like, I, I was like at 300, which is like, you're like dead at that oh, point. Gosh. And he managed to regulate it. But yeah, top dollars said like, he had no clue, and if it wasn't for that dive not going well, he would not have known that he was genuinely sick and needed treatment. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, definite low spot is it's just, like, this realization that, like, this thing we joke around about and make fun of, um, there's often reasons behind mess-ups and botches and weird moments and, you know, the sadness behind Jericho's eyes <laughs> This week so uh poor, poor chris yeah yeah so going right. into the new year just more positive about these wrestlers i think more positive about botches uh i've got my my high spot low spot my my two <laughs> i got two high spots two low spots because let's be positive uh my first high spot came from monday night raw gunther and miz had an insanely good match which is a really bizarre thing for me to say that Gunther got le a, a legitimate great match out of Miz. And and I, I don't know if you saw that match or not, Scott. I saw highlights of it. And, I, and I'll tell you this. It looked fun enough. Um, the reason I watched highlights of it was because everyone was going crazy about, oh, Gunther used a, um, a Rainmaker. Rainmaker. Yeah. You know, oh, my God, he used the Rainmaker. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's awesome. And I'm thinking of like, highlights of seeing great rainmakers i i do forget that sometimes okada will just do a rainmaker in a match and it's like nothing and when i watched the clip of him doing the rainmaker it was such a nothing uh that gunther rainmaker was just it was worse than most clotheslines um but what i mean by that is uh obviously the match I, i'm sure it was cool but uh yeah that rainmaker wasn't was not it Eh, I'm not grading it on Rainmakers. What I'm what I'm grading on is like the crowd went from oh fuck, I gotta sit through a Miz Intercontinental title match to they were like living and dying by every near near fall. Like it was the main event of a fucking pay-per-view. And that's how good Gunther is. That he's like that. It's like you used to hear about it, Flair, where Flair would go into like these towns as NWA champion and make like the local jabroni look like he's like the best wrestler in the world. That's pretty much what Gunther did on Raw. And that crowd genuinely thought like three or four different times Miz was going to pin Gunther. And that is the beauty of pro wrestling sometimes. Uh, yeah, my, you know, um, if I want Okada, I would actually, uh, one of the things I would say is, hey, you see this Gunther run where everybody like takes him very seriously? Uh, you're going to beat him. Ooh, Gunther Okada would be a hell of a lot of fun. And then again, you have like this legitimate title, um, now held by another legitimate guy. Have Gunther and Okada wrestled before? I don't know. 
You could watch uh, Walter versus Osprey though on um, on YouTube, and my goodness, I'm sure those two just destroyed each other. But that's that's the beauty. Yeah, of- and it was when it was when Gunther was all heavy, you know. Oh, when he was like the Michelin Man, yeah. Yeah, he looked awesome. He, he it was a weird look. It worked for him. Uh, my other high spot. I don't know if you saw this. This came out today when we're recording this. Um, today is when the 90 day non competes were lifted, and Mustafa Ali released a video that's fucking awesome it's he shot it himself it's like him uh basically like almost like he's announcing for president but the idea is he's going on this campaign in 2024 uh against all the all the different liars he says that are out there so all the talent that he's calling out that he wants to go out and wrestle he marketed himself beautifully in this it's it was a creative idea he had when he was in NXT and they wouldn't let him do it. So it's cool to see him do that now. And the production value is amazing. And I hope he gets a chance to shine next year in, in a number of different places. So sometimes when you get released, as much as it sucks, it gives you a chance to like prove yourself elsewhere and be like, you know, you guys fucked up. And that was the vibe of this video was, oh, shit, WWE definitely fucked up by cutting this guy. Um, oh, he's my, a star. I mean, yeah, we've been saying he's a star, and I think he's someone that, um, yeah, I think he deserves like some time to just show. Because look, part part of this could be he's like, oh wow, Triple H is there now. Maybe I would like to um do a year where I'm banging out matches with uh greats, and then just go back. Or I think Tony could really use him because again, he's like, that's a guy that if you put him in AEW. And you use him right, he could be top five. Oh yeah, he could be amazing in AEW. Of course, I think, I think he'd be. Maybe he's the devil. Since he was, remember, he was supposed to be like the he hacker. Was the hacker, right? Wasn't he like the hat? Yeah, yeah. He was the head of retribution. Yeah, they just never did anything with it. Um, my my low spots, I got two. One is the the Ring of Honor pay per view. Just because, Scott, when was the Ring of Honor pay per view? Friday. When was uh, Rampage? Friday. Yeah, it was at the same time. They ran a pay-per-view opposite their television show. I get that people want to bag on me for being like the the anti-AEW guy or the WWE homer or whatever the fuck it is. But when you're running a pay-per-view opposite your own television show, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it's yeah, but insane. Yeah, but there was this guy, I think his name was like Jack Cartwheel or something. He was great. You know, once you see this guy and he's doing cartwheels, you you understand some some errors. Um the Tony Nice Ethan Page match was like legit as hell. Obviously that FTR uh Danielson. Now, did they I don't remember them acknowledging that on Dynamite, did they? They they hyped it last week and then they acknowledged nothing this week. But again, Oh you, man, it was uh, it was like a, it was like to honor Jay Briscoe, and Mark won the match. I mean, dude, Mark Mark Pan Danielson. I know, but how it was, it was awesome. this that you you put on what sounds like it was a really strong pay per view. I know there was a good Athena match on there. Yeah, Great Vikingo and a uh, Black Taurus match. Okay, but if I'm an AEW fan and I want to watch this, and you're also giving me Collision for free at the or Rampage, sorry, at the same time, like it makes absolutely no sense, especially. Since Tony's trying to show Warner Discovery, we are valuable TV properties. 
we should be doing the highest numbers possible to make it a slam dunk for you to re-sign us. And instead, you're airing a pay-per-view that's taking eyeballs away from your own television show. Look, you have a point in this. I actually heard, and I don't know if I believe it, but I haven't even watched it yet, and I need to, but that there was a um, a trios match on Rampage that was like one of the best matches of the year. I did hear it was a really good They trio. were promoting yeah. it like, you know, oh, Jericho, even before it aired, like, oh, Jericho was saying um, on commentary that night that it was one of the best matches he, he's ever seen in his like 33-year career. It was um, it was like top flight, and... Um, who did they fight though? Oh, it was Penta and shit, right? Who knows? They didn't ever recap it. It happened Damn. in a vacuum and it vanished. Damn. It just sucks that like you're putting out good content. Make it easy for people to see it. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Uh, my other low spot is coming off of this pay-per-view. Tony Khan, who like needs a nap, decided to go after Disco Inferno on Twitter. No, Which Disco is, goes after him every week, though. Okay, but the comment that Disco made was not didn't warrant Tony going after him. Like this it was pretty innocuous. But do you but, remember Cody did this to Disco too? Yes, but there's a difference. Di- like nobody takes Disco Inferno seriously. <laughs> Tony should not be responding to Disco, let alone with like the anger and vitriol he did, because it's not like Tony's taking shots at Cornette. Like, Tony's just going, like, it's low-hanging fruit when you're taking a shot at Disco Inferno. Sure. Cornette eviscerates. In terms of, um, in terms of, like, you know, anything you do, you know, like, when your job is your job, um, when people start, like, shitting on a guy who does your job, but they don't do your job right, like, Tony's never taken a bump. Um, You'd be surprised. Oh, I'm sure he's done a number of bumps. (laughs) But, you know, like, there there is that thing in, in people where it's, like, Hey, yeah, Disco might be corny as hell. Um, the guy was a wrestler, though. You know, when you go in the ring, you risk your life. Uh, we have a right to shit talk each other. Maybe you should. I mean, you could say that. Oh, I, I thought, thought it was oh, corny. No, no. I, I just thought no it was corny. I didn't somebody care. shit talk. I just think if you're the if you're the owner of a company, you don't you don't yeah. do that, especially Disco. Like he's such a he's a, such a non entity. That it nobody nobody's looking at him being like that's the guy who's the answer man we got to be listening to him everyone's like no dude you were irrelevant when you were a wrestler you were relevant not as a wrestler go sit in the corner you're not contributing to the narrative For so sure. Tony didn't need to respond to him Hornet well, destroys him on shows, a weekly basis and it doesn't yeah, get I also any, think it reveals a lot of what Pony's like YouTube pages when he opens up his YouTube app. He likes these. He likes listening to all this shit. You know, like that was a funny thing where CM Punk retweet. I get. I guess he's using uh, Cornette's lawyer or something, right? Punk and people yes. are like mad at Punk. It's like, yo, all these guys like Cornette. Like, like yeah, he, like there's foul things you know he said and and whatnot. But like in terms of wrestling, Tony Khan loves Jim Cornette. Yes. So what what are we even doing? It's it's weird. I just like just don't I don't know. Don't don't respond to Disco Inferno, Tony. That's all I'm asking you. Uh Scott, what do you want to plug? Oh, my other podcast out for smokes and um Christmas. It's the twenty fifth. Oh. Get it, was, get into it. I was unaware. Um 
Anyone can join. It's like a thing you could just feel good on a day. You know? No, anyone can't join. There's a pretty long history of that. Um, like 2,000 plus years of that being a, an issue in certain places. But um, no, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. I have a daily video and audio news podcast with Nick Hausman called Rumor and Innuendo. It streams on my Twitter account. I don't even know how, how it does. Like Nick set it up. I don't know how it does it. Uh, or you can download it on Spotify or Apple, wherever else you get podcasts. Um, like I said, next Thursday, uh, the 28th, we will be doing our end of the year show with uh, with Dan St. Germain. So that'll be fun to have, have Dan back on. I have some surprises for you there. Uh, as exciting as Christmas is, next Wednesday, the 27th, is my birthday. And that's infinitely more exciting to me. Um, Huge. It's massive. My birthday present to myself is I will not be watching Dynamite Live. <laughs> so really, really treating myself. But uh, yeah, if uh, if there's nothing else of note, Scott, what do you want to tell the fine folks? Wash your hands. Wash your hands. <laughs>